Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we continue with 1 Chronicles chapter 2, more genealogies. These are the sons of Israel, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Dan, Joseph, Benjamin, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. The sons of Judah, Ur, Onan, and Shelah. These three Bathsheba the Canaanite bore to him. Now Ur, Judah's firstborn, was evil in the sight of Yahweh, and he put him to death. His daughter-in-law, Tamar, also bore him Perez and Zerah. Judah had five sons in all. The sons of Perez, Hezron and Hamul. The sons of Zerah, Zimri, Ethan, Haman, Kalkol, and Dara, five in all. The sons of Carmi, Achan, the troubler of Israel, who broke faith in the matter of the devoted thing. And Ethan's son was Azariah. The sons of Hezron that were born to him, Jeremiel, Ram, Calabai, Ram fathered Amminadab, and Amminadab fathered Nashan, the prince of the sons of Judah. Nashan fathered Salmon, Salmon fathered Boaz, Boaz fathered Obed, Obed fathered Jesse. Jesse fathered Eliab, his firstborn, Abinadab the second, Shimei the third, Nethanael the fourth, Radai the fifth, Ozum the sixth, David the seventh. And their sisters were Zuriah and Abigail, the sons of Zuriah, Abishai, Joab, and Azahel. Three. Abigail bore Amasa, and the father of Amasa was Jether, the Ishmaelite. Caleb, the son of Hezron, fathered children by his wife Azubah, and by Jerioth, and these were her sons, Jesher, Shobab, and Ardan. When Azubah died, Caleb married Ephrath, who bore him Hur. Hur fathered Uri, and Uri fathered Bezalel. Afterward, Hezron went in to the daughter of Machir, the father of Gilead, whom he married when he was sixty years old, and she bore him Segub. And Segub fathered Jair, who had twenty-three cities in the land of Gilead. But Gesher and Aram took them from Havoth and Jair, Kenath and its villages, sixty towns. All these were descendants of Machir, the father of Gilead. After the death of Hezron, Caleb went in to Ephrathah, the wife of Hezron his father, and she bore him Ashur, the father of Tekoa. The sons of Jeremiel, the firstborn of Hezron, Ram, his firstborn, Buna, Oren, Ozum, and Ahijah. Jeremiel also had another wife whose name was Atara. She was the mother of Onam. The sons of Ram, the firstborn of Jeremiel, Maz, Jamin, and Eker. The sons of Onam, Shammai, and Jada. The sons of Shammai, Nadab, and Abishur. The name of Abishur's wife was Abahel, and she bore him Aban and Molid. The sons of Nadab, Selad and Apaim, and Selad died childless. The sons of Apaim, Ishi, the son of Ishi, Shashan, the son of Shashan, Alai. The sons of Jada, Shemai's brother, Jether and Jonathan, and Jether died childless. The sons of Jonathan, Peleth and Zaza. These were the descendants of Jeremiel. Now Sheshan had no sons, only daughters, but Sheshan had an Egyptian slave whose name was Jara. So Sheshan gave his daughter in marriage to Jara, his slave, and she bore him Atai. Atai fathered Nathan, Nathan fathered Zabad, Zabad fathered Ephlal, and Ephlal fathered Obed. 
Obed fathered Jehu, and Jehu fathered Azariah, Azariah fathered Helez, and Helez fathered Eliasah. Eliasah fathered Sismai, and Sismai fathered Shalom. Shalom fathered Jechemiah, and Jechemiah fathered Elishama. The sons of Caleb, the brother of Jeremiel, Mereshah his firstborn, who fathered Ziph. The son of Mereshah, Hebron. The sons of Hebron, Korah, Tapua, Rechem, and Shema. Shema fathered Raham, the father of Jorkim, and Rechem fathered Shammai. The son of Shammai, Maon, and Maon fathered Bethzur. Ephah also, Caleb's concubine, bore Haran, Moza, and Gaziz, and Haran fathered Gaziz. The sons of Jadai, Regum, Jotham, Geshan, Pelet, Ephah, and Shaph. Mekah, Caleb's concubine, bore Sheber and Tirhana. She also bore Shaph, the father of Madmana, Sheva, the father of Machbanah, and the father of Gabiah, and the daughter of Caleb was Aksa. These were the descendants of Caleb. The sons of Hur, the firstborn of Ephrathah, Shobal, the father of Kiriath-Jerim, Salma, the father of Bethlehem, and Heref, the father of Beth-Gader. Shobal, the father of Kiriath-Jerim, had other sons, Heroe, half of the Menuhoth, and the clans of Kiriath-Jerim, the Ithrites, the Puthites, the Shumathites, and the Mishraites. From these came the Zorathites and the Eshtelites, the sons of Selma, Bethlehem, the Netophilites, Atroth, Beth-Jaob, and half of the Manahathites, the Zorites. The clans also of the scribes who lived at Jabez, the Tirathites, the Shimathites, and the Sukathites. These are the Kenites who came from Hamath, the father of the house of Rechab. This is the word of the Lord. So as I mentioned yesterday, one of the best things to do with genealogies as a family conversation to read a text like this is just right from the start, invite your kids to focus on the names they recognize. Have them tell you those stories, and then you can fill in, you can build on those, what they know, um, either by building upon the stories that they were already telling you, helping them fill in some more details as they know these accounts of the Old Testament, or adding in some new ones that you know about some of these names as well. One of the other questions that I'm going to bring up in this chapter is right at the beginning, as we get the list of the 12 sons of Israel, which one of the 12 does Jesus come from? We want to root this in history, and this is what this is. I mean, Genesis is a history book. First Chronicles is a history book. These things really happened. These are real people. That's an important concept not to be lost, as we have so many today that claim Christianity is a myth, and even within Christianity, so many that say that the Old Testament is still just a uh, a myth itself with made-up stories that shouldn't be taken literally. I mean, there are, there are people who claim to be Christian who don't even believe Adam and Eve are real, that they really existed. So it's history, and that's helpful. It's important. These are real people. Some of them will get to meet in paradise. And that's something we say praise the Lord to. So which of the 12 did Jesus come from? Because he is truly man. He took on flesh, born of the Virgin Mary, and so Matthew and Luke's genealogies, both one tracks through Mary and one tracks through Joseph, but they both come through David, and David is the descendant, that's the focus of this chapter, David's the descendant of Judah. Now, it's an interesting thing to note. So we're going to get the 12 sons of Israel. They're not in their birth order. Um, the first four are, but that's it. And then we get really over the next 
eight chapters, chapter two to nine here, are all the genealogies of Israel. So why did why did Jesus come from Judah if Judah is not the firstborn? Well, you'll learn about that in Genesis 49. We'll pick up some of it in 1 Chronicles chapter 5 as well. So Reuben, Reuben does not wait until his father's death. So Jacob, Israel, but instead sleeps with his father's wife before his father has died. So he has committed this act of adultery. This in Genesis 49 is what Jacob will say is the cause for him passing over Reuben as his firstborn as he gives the blessing. Now the birthright is separate here, and the birthright in 1 Chronicles 5 will specifically be said to have been given to the sons of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh. But the the blessing, which includes the promise of the Savior, skips over Reuben. And then if you keep reading Genesis 49, Simeon and Levi are going to be blessed together, but their blessing is going to speak of their their violence. So as I look at the text there, Simeon and Levi are brothers. Weapons of violence are their swords. Let my soul come not into their counsel. O my glory, be not joined to their company. For in their anger they killed men, and in their willfulness they hamstrung oxen. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, and their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. And this is a reference back to Genesis chapter 34, where their brother Dinah was, their sister Dinah was defiled, and they acted in treachery to kill not just the man who defiled her, but really his people as well. And so this is what they are skipped over for. So Jacob, in his blessing, he does still give a kind of blessing to these boys, but not the same. Uh, He's going to bless Judah much more so in this. And again, the promise of the firstborn, uh, the, the blessing of the firstborn is given to Judah. And that's what we're tracking then in this chapter. So, Uh, we immediately jump into Judah's sons. And this is going to bring you to Genesis chapter 38, that Judah's firstborn marries Tamar. And because Judah's firstborn son, Ur, was evil in the sight of Yahweh, Yahweh put him to death. Yahweh did that um, in, in action. And then it's not law yet, as far as we know, but leveret marriage is basically the picture of Genesis 38, that if you're if your brother dies, and he so he had a wife, your brother dies without a child, without a son to carry on the family name, you are to take that wife into your home, and the first son that you have by her is to be considered your brother's, so that that name, that inheritance in the promised land continues forth. So you can see it's connected to inheritance in the promised land. That's why it doesn't exist by Genesis 38 yet. But they're following it nonetheless. I mean, Judah takes Tamar and gives her to his secondborn, Onan. And then you get the whole thing about Onan not wanting to have a son that doesn't get credited to him, but gets credited to his brother. And so he spills his seed before he engages with Tamar so that that won't happen. God sees that as wicked, strikes him down as well. This is where Judah then, instead of giving Tamar to his third son, Judah in his mind is kind of trying to rationalize this as there must be something wrong with this woman. She keeps getting my sons killed. And so instead of giving Shelah to her uh, as he promised, he actually does tell her that he would when Shelah comes of age. He's not old enough as the excuse at the time. And Judah doesn't. And so Tamar is going to end up well, tricking him, and they end up having sex together. He thought she was a temple prostitute, so that doesn't look good for Judah either. 
multiple sins on his part here in this. Tamar gets pregnant by that encounter and has two more sons, twins, so Perez and Zerah. So Judah ends up with five sons. Perez is the, uh, so the, one of the twins, Perez is the one, the tree of David, and thus also Jesus is going to continue down through. So the, the lineage of Jesus is not perfect people. The lineage of Jesus is filled with sinners that Jesus came to save, of which we are also sinners whom Jesus came to save. You get into the sons of Perez. Hezron's going to get focused on quite a bit, but before we get to him, we track down to Achan, the troubler of Israel. This is a reference to Joshua chapter 7, well, 6 and 7. In chapter 6, the Israelites destroy Jericho. They're supposed to devote it to the destruction entirely. They're not supposed to take anything. Achan did. He took some stuff, hid it, thinking he could have it. When they go to defeat Ai, they fail. And it becomes known to them that they have failed because they had not obeyed Yahweh's command. And so it's found out to have been Achan that has done this. And so he is he's going to be put to death in that. So he's the troubler of Israel because his sin brought about death of his brothers. It brought about death of other Israelites because the people as a whole was not faithful in this. Then we do zoom in on Hezron, because we're continuing the line of David, Hezron's going to have the three sons, Jeremiel, Ram, and Calebi, which should sound a lot like Caleb, right? Um, And that's going to be what he's called down in verse 18. So multiple names for the same guy, very similar sounding. We're going to see here, we're going to focus on Ram first because he brings us David, but we're also going to double back and then uh, for the rest of the chapter, focus on the descendants of really all three of these men, Jeremiel, Ram, and Calebi. So Ram first, names that you'll recognize include Boaz from the book of Ruth, right? Boaz, kinsman redeemer, brings Ruth into his home uh, as his wife after she was widowed and returned with her mother-in-law, Naomi, to the land. That's the short book of Ruth. Wouldn't take long, long to read that one. Boaz's grandson, so Boaz and Ruth have Obed. Obed will have Jesse. Jesse is the father of David. From the account in 1 Samuel, uh, there's eight sons, seven brothers to David. Here, David's listed as the seventh. Why David's one of David's brothers is skipped over here by the chronicler? Don't really know. Uh, he doesn't mention it, so we just keep moving. And then, so David was the goal, but now we're going to see also there are sisters. The mention of the sisters is because these other men, their sons, the cousins of David, are going to play a role in his reign, most notably Joab, who's a commander for him. Uh, Joab's name is going to show up frequently uh, throughout the book of Samuel. Now, then we rewind back up to one of the other sons of Hezron. So we were just looking at Ram. Now we're going to look at Caleb, and Caleb is that faithful spy. Your kids might remember that account. He goes with Joshua, the son of Nun, the two spy out the land among the twelve, but they're the two that give the faithful report that the promised land is good and that they trust that God will give it to them, whereas the other ten stoked fear among the people. We're going to learn in the chapter, I'm just going to lump it together for time's sake because we don't have much left. Caleb has five wives. There's Azuba, and also it appears Jerioth there in verse 18. And after Azuba dies, he takes on Ephrath. 
and then we're going to see Ephrath again. I, I'm going to say from verse 24, so after the death of Hezron, Caleb went into Ephrathah, the wife of Hezron, his father. I'm going to tell you that Ephrath and Ephrathah, which are only different by a little ending on the end of the name, that that's the same woman, so her name shortened. So like Reuben took his father's wife, except he did it too soon, Caleb takes his father's wife, and he's going to have a son by her. So Caleb has Azuba, Jerioth, and Ephra, Ephrath, Ephratha, sorry, um, those three women as regular wives, but then he has two lesser wives mentioned in the text as well, in verse 46 and 48, Epha and Mecha. So he's going to have many children, so you're going to read verses 18, 19, 20, and then paragraph starting at verse 42 through 50. That's going to give you all the descendants of Caleb. The names of mention there, verse 20, her. Her is worth noting. He's one of the ones that uh, we think of helping Aaron hold up the arms of Moses as Moses is trying to hold the staff in the air. And as long as Moses holds the staff, they're, they're victorious in battle against the Amalekites. But if the staff goes down, they, they fail. And so Aaron and Hur do that. So Hur's mentioned. And then Hur is the grandfather of Bezalel. Bezalel is going to be one of those master craftsmen of the nation of Israel. One of the two, Bezalel and Oholiab, that lead the construction work of the tabernacle at the later parts in the book of Exodus. So a couple of noteworthy names. Um, as we, we move on, um, so Hezron, we get some more of his, his family tree there after he was older, after his first three sons. Then verse, starting at verse 25, we get to go back to Hezron's son, Jeremiel, and we get his descendants. There's not much to say here because we really don't see much of these men elsewhere in Scripture. This family tree is just not covered anymore. So these are part of what we would consider to be Jews. They're Judeans. They're part of the people, but they just kind of disappear, perhaps. The one that might not, verse 36, Atai fathered Nathan. Nathan the prophet is going to become very important in the life of King David, but we're never told Nathan the prophet's father's name. So I cannot tell you if this is the same Nathan or if it's a different one. Nathan in Hebrew means to give. So it's a, a verb. Um, so basically the, a man named Nathan is a giver. So it's not a bad name to give a son. And you're going to see a lot of even overlap here. Just like your kids will be familiar with knowing other kids that have their same name as well. or You know that too. So it is with the Hebrew text of the Old Testament. There's going to be common names that you see time and time again. So it could be the same Nathan, might not be. Um, There's marriage with an outsider, marriage with an Egyptian. Deuteronomy 7 forbade that, but this outsider happened to be part of his house already and thus may have been truthfully trusting in Yahweh, which was the problem of Deuteronomy 7. It's why they weren't supposed to marry outside of the nation of Israel, because they would be taking in false pagan gods in their worship. This may not have been the case if Sheshan had taught Jarha about Yahweh and about the promise of Jesus. Nations outside of Israel were brought into the kingdom. Jesus didn't just come for the Jews. He came for the Jew and the Gentile, and he might pick that note up from this verse a little bit. So we're going to skip down then to verse 50, the sons of Hur. So we're picking up on that genealogy from back in verse 20. Um, he's going to end up having Kiriath-Jerim, and we're going to see Bethlehem. So a couple of 
prominent old uh, city names um, that, that come up at this point. Again, asking your kids what names they recognize, Bethlehem should be one of the ones that their ears perk up at in this chapter, and they can tell you why they know the city of Bethlehem, the connection we have to the birth of Jesus Christ. Could be the same Bethlehem, might not be, but that name will at least be important and familiar. And I'll end on verse 55. The Kenites end up being the father of the house of Rechab. And the Rechabites are going to be mentioned of note in Jeremiah chapter 35 as being faithful while God's people weren't. So the Rechabites, at one point, their, their father is going to command them not to drink wine. And God is going to show all of Israel that even in a, a manly given command, so honor your father, it, it's neither here nor there, it's not commanded by God, but honor your father is, and they, they do it. They don't drink wine. And yet God God is the father of his people and they don't listen to him. So God uses the Rechabites as an example of that. And at the end of chapter 35 of Jeremiah, it gives them a, quite the distinct promise that they would never lack a man to stand before Yahweh. That's fascinating. It leaves it at that. It doesn't cover it anymore. Is that a reference to the idea that the Rechabites will prominently figure into the role of King David, uh, his descendant, the Messiah, at some point? Like maybe the apostles, maybe one of them is a Rechabite. Or is it a reference to paradise and the idea that the Rechabites, that family tree, some of them are going to be in paradise with God forevermore. It's kind of a, again, it's a distinct promise. It's pretty unique, um, and we just don't know a whole lot about it. So there's some of the things you can learn from chapter two's genealogy. We'll continue tomorrow.